What's up, guys and gals? Welcome to episode 37 of the What Makes Us Human podcast. Over here in Raleigh is John Lindemann, and over there in Statesville is JR. JR, how you doing? Doing well. Yeah, hopefully this uh, attempt at a remote recording works better than our last attempt. It will, because I got my laptop back. All right. So this time... So, uh... Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, so it's the day after Christmas. Uh, have a good Christmas. Yes, had a, a wonderful Christmas. Got to see the parents. They actually came to see us this time. Um, got to see her family. Uh, went and saw her mom today. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was pretty well-rounded uh, Christmas celebrating uh, the holiday with the family and Everybody got along because we we usually all get along on our end of things over here. So uh, had a good time, and now we're visiting with friends in uh, the Raleigh area. So I did a little bit of traveling. Um, I guess about what maybe three hours, but uh, yeah, something like that. So how was yours? It was good. Yeah, we had a house full on New Year's Eve like we normally do, and had. Uh, few places to go on Christmas Day, full day there, and then we actually had our, our last um, Christmas was with uh, some of Hannah's family, some of my wife's family uh, this afternoon. So, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a full weekend, but it's been good. Yep, yep. Hard to believe, man, it's over. Oh, yeah. So. It's I've always said yeah. Halloween comes, and once you hit Halloween night, it's like the year throws it into fifth gear it's just it just flies um once you hit november 1st yeah yeah i can see that but yeah we uh you know i've got some time off from work this time of year always and uh so i'll be doing some some more deer hunting this week and uh we're gonna get out of town for a few days towards the end of the week for the new year so yeah it's it's a it's it's a fun time of year yeah yeah so we talked about Dickens last week, and we finished up our Christmas extravaganza. So tell us what we're talking about today. Well, we were talking about what we could do for a New Year's episode, because this will come out a few days before New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. And uh, I thought uh, a discussion around some New Year's traditions, you know, particularly New Year's traditional foods uh, from around the world. So we're going to take a look at uh, at some of that. It sounds like a seems like it would be a pretty fun one. We uh, of course we live in the South here in the U.S. and uh, in the South there's particular foods that uh, that we eat on uh, New Year's Day, and uh, there are uh, a number of traditions around the world, and we'll we'll talk about a few of those. Yeah. So when I was a kid, <clears throat> like I don't have a whole lot of memories around new year's i didn't realize that till this afternoon i was thinking about uh just the fact that we didn't really have a big new year's tradition in my family i don't even really remember i don't i don't know that the new year stands out that particular um to me until i got married and uh we usually uh, go over to some friends house uh we usually do the same thing each year um as a married couple now, but as a kid, I honestly don't remember a whole lot about New Year's. Now, I do remember Y2K, 
I remember that because we were moving and everything I owned was in my in-laws garage uh, while they, we were finishing up painting the house that, uh, that they had moved out of and we were moving into. And I thought, man, I sure hope this Y2K thing goes over well. <laughs> but, uh, but as far as foods go, this is a weird one. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of a lot of these foods. So this is going to be interesting for me. All right. Yeah, we, uh, growing up, for my mom's side of the family, yeah, they don't really, they're not from the South and they don't really have, uh, any kind of traditional foods or anything. There was no real traditions around New Year's, but, uh, for my, grandmother on my on my dad's side my grandparents on my gra- dad's side my my grandmother would uh, always make certain foods on new year's day and uh, this is something that goes back because dad talks about you know when he was growing up they would go to his grandmother's house and she would always make these foods on new year's day and they'd go there and so new year's eve in the united states and new year's uh, new year's eve is uh, people stay up and they watch the ball drop usually in Times Square. That is somewhere I never want to be in person on New Year's Eve. <laughs> no. There are so many people crammed into that little tight space and they have to be there hours ahead of time. And yeah, it's just, it's just not my idea of a good time. That's, that's when that but, fiber uh, bar would kick in on me right then. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> but we, uh, we, we, you know, we, like a lot of folks, stay up and watch the ball drop there. And, you know, I'd soon, just soon watch it on TV. And uh, it's just seen as another party day, I think, for, for a lot of people on New Year's Eve. But New Year's Day in the South is all about specific foods. Some of these foods include greens. And as we'll look at these and in, in these different foods in different cultures... We're going to talk a little bit about like the significance, what they're supposed to signif- signify for the new year. So greens, what do you think greens might signify, John? Money. Money, bills, prosperity, cornbread, gold. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Black-eyed right. peas. Well, the cornbread, I would never have gotten gold out of that, but 10-4, okay, I guess I could see that. Now, black-eyed peas. I, I don't know peas. what that stands and cur- for. And cursing Sherman is optional when you eat your black-eyed peas. Nice. Okay. Nice. Uh, for, for burning uh, it into the ground? Yeah. Uh, so going way back, uh, the tradition of eating black-eyed peas in the South in general, but particularly on New Year's Day, and uh, cursing Sherman, the story is that when they burned... When he burned, he and his army burned the South. They left uh, it's like silos full of black-eyed peas because they saw them as cattle feed. They <laughs> they didn't think they were fit for human consumption, so that was really? one of the only food sources left that wasn't burned. So, black-eyed peas and cursing German is optional. Wow. So black so black-eyed peas, or in some areas, rice. And it, it signifies coins. Oh, okay. So again, another reference to, to money, to prosperity. And sometimes in, in certain areas, you'll see the black eyed peas and rice combined into something called Hoppin' John. Now that I like a lot. 
So yeah, yeah, the same, same, you know. So those two kind of both have the same significance. And and uh, the final is, is some kind of pork. Uh, typically, you know, what I'm most familiar with on New Year's Day is hog jaws. Yeah. But uh, it can be fat back. It could be pork chops. Some kind of pork. I've even Bacon seen people do barbecue. I've even seen people do like barbecue or, or things of that nature. Some kind of pork because pork signifies luck. The idea being you eat these foods on New Year's Day and you have these things in the new year. Prosperity, money, uh, and luck, I guess. So So this is a weird, it's just, to me, it's almost, um, it's a very superstitious, as Michael Scott on The Office would say, not a little stitious, but superstitious. It's very superstitious way to celebrate a holiday it's um uh, yeah kind of stands alone with us as just a very strange approach because you know in modern times we don't approach things uh at least here in america we don't really approach things through this lens but we still do this you know and and I would say for a lot of people, and I, I could be wrong on this, but I would think say for a lot of folks, particularly that maybe have a a religious background similar to mine, I don't believe in luck. But I'm still gonna eat these foods on New Year's Day, and it's it's really more of the tradition of it as opposed to I think oh if I eat this I'm gonna have good luck. It's right. just it's New Year's Day. This is what you eat. <laughs> okay. So, All right. That's it's 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 a tradition. So what, that's interesting because you know. I actually called my wife's grandmother, who was still with us, uh, and we're happy to say that. And uh, she is, I believe, 89 years old now. Um, and I asked her, I said, Mama, what are we uh, what are we eating on New Year's, you know, at your house? And she told me pretty much everything you just said. And I said, why? And she said, well, I don't know. <laughs> I said, oh, OK. It's just- it's just tradition. I mean, at this yeah. point, it's it's just what you do. And I, I do see with the black eyed peas, I see sometimes uh, people substitute other beans, you know, pentos or, or something. But again, it's, you know, it's signifying coins. So you know, other kinds of like dried beans and things could be substituted in there. But, and so it varies a little bit from region to region. Right. Anything else with the South here in the United States? And we'll get to some some stuff around the world. Yeah, not from my end. I mean, I was pretty familiar with that um, just because I've heard, well, mainly my wife's family was kind of big on this. And so uh, I had I'd heard, uh, you know, that they. So, for instance, yesterday on Christmas Day, Mama and some of her family uh, on Carrie's side will eat oyster stew. Um, that was new to me. I'm, I'm from Greensboro and which is not that far away, but I had just never heard of eating oyster stew on Christmas, um, until I met her and her family. Uh, yeah, I think that goes back to the idea of, you know, really pre refrigeration. You only, the saying was you only ate oysters in months that ended in R. Right. Yeah. But, uh, but. Yeah, we still do oyster stew. My grandmother will still make oyster stew as sort of a special occasion dish. 
but it's not specifically for Christmas. You know, we talked about last uh, week. We do we do brunch with her on Christmas, but okay. Um, yeah, it's it's still seen as a special occasion dish for us. Now I did see though that some people instead of instead of the greens, they do um, sauerkraut. They do cabbage. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we've done cabbage. My mom's done cabbage before on New Year's Day. Um, so there's some leeway in what kind of greens, because it could be cabbage, it could be collard greens, it could be turnip greens. You know, there's there's some some variation there. I mean, I suppose you could you could uh, cook kale. We we cook kale up the same way that we cook like collard greens. So you could do that. Uh, it's now, still a green. I'll eat cabbage and I like now I'm from the south, so I like red slaw with my barbecue. So I'll eat cabbage in my red slaw, right? Um, I'll eat I'll eat some white slaws, and I like sauerkraut if I've got meat on the fork. I can't just eat a fork full of sauerkraut. But <laughs> so I'm not a big cabbage fan, but I can eat cabbage. But I'm probably not going to eat like stewed cabbage or what. That's just disgusting. I cannot do that. So, yep. Yeah. There's a there's a local barbecue place here that uh, does a variation of a New Year's meal. I know. And uh, so I think they do barbecue as the pork. They do a slaw as the greens and then make uh, uh, black eyed peas or something similar oh. in cornbread. Is that so Randy's? They do it. Yeah, they do a, a kind of a barbecue restaurant take on new traditional New Year's Day. Oh, meal. okay. That's cool. All right. Well, yeah, I don't really have a whole lot to add except that the uh, cabbage. I had seen some people do a cabbage. Now, you've looked into a whole bunch of other countries, right? The day after you and I decided on this topic, I was at work, and I worked for a Japanese company. And uh, they had a, kind of an interview on our homepage with uh, – an expat from Japan talking about Japanese traditions for New Year's. So got to have a whole lot on here, and then we've got some stuff for some other countries. But let's, let's start off talking about Japan. All right. So in Japan, they clean the house to welcome the New Year God, decorate the house with straw leaves, bamboo, and a snowman made of rice cake. Okay. A snowman. Children go around. So you, take a, you take rice cakes and form a snowman out of them. That was my understanding, yes. Okay. Children go around to family members and they're given money. And stores have basically their version of what we would consider a Black Friday sale. So New Year's they have all these special sales for, for foods. They eat something called Aseichi Ryori. And this is a, a grouping of foods. And it started because stores would be closed the first few days of the new year. So these were items that they would either have on hand or get for the occasion that could be prepared and set out. They set them out in a cool area, uh, and they could sit out for a few days without spoiling. And they're in these specialized, compartmentalized boxes. Have you ever seen uh, – are you familiar with a bento box? No. 
it's kind of a Japanese take on a lunchbox with individual compartments. Oh, okay. Um, this is not a bento box, but it's a it's 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 similar. It's a compartmentalized box, and these things can be stacked with with the items in them, and they'll eat on this stuff for up to three days. Broadly speaking, the foods represent prosperity, good fortune, and health. So again, kind of something you're going to see a lot of these same kind of themes. Uh, boiled chestnuts, which turn gold when turn gold in color when they're cooked, uh, represent wealth. Boiled shrimp, because there we it, go. Because now it, it bends, it bends. It's flexible. Boiled shrimp represents quote a desire to live long and healthy until our backs bend. <laughs> Kazunoko, which is a herring roe, so small yellow fish eggs. My my assumption here, I didn't find definitive on this, but my assumption given the color would be coins. You know, small yellow fish eggs. Uh, they eat a version of black beans called uh, kurumame. Okay. And there's there's other variations they'll have. So they'll have a, a kumbaki. Uh, which is uh, kombu, uh, so almost like, like kind of like a type. Of, I think I don't think kombu is actually seaweed, but it's related to seaweed. Um, kombu is is used in making dashi, like like Japanese soup broth. Um, so they'll they have this. They have kombu uh, rolled tightly, sometimes stuffed with salmon. And there's there's a number of other items they'll have but uh you kind of get the same idea it varies a little bit from place to place but you know the the vegetables a lot of times are things that look like coins or 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 gold or you know things of that nature and stores will sell special boxes of these just for the occasion so you can kind of spend as they really get into this yeah you and it's one of those things where you can Really spend almost as little as possible or as much as you want and get, you know, different versions of this. Seabrim uh, is uh, another one that came up commonly in, in looking at Japan. Seabrim uh, representing fortune. Yeah, it's a big deal. They uh, The the interview uh, with the expat at work that I read talked about how they... They look at, they described looking at uh, New Year's kind of the way that we treat Thanksgiving or Christmas. It's a time with family. It's a big celebration. It's a big deal to them. Okay, well, that's cool. So that's Japan. Sounds, it sounds pretty good. What do you think? I mean, it's, it's, it is very, uh, umami rich foods so if that is if that is your thing uh, you would probably enjoy i would think most of it do you, now do you like umami because you sure did not like marmite uh broadly speaking not really <laughs> so there might be exceptions but broadly speaking it's just not really my thing so i have to say this the other day i was sitting in my car at work and it had been really chilly, and uh, you said umami, and it just 
<laughs> I, I guess it applies to this. Um, and I realized I wanted a snack and I realized, oh my gosh, I had some snack food that I had bought at the store <laughs> in my car and it had been there all night. So I reached in the back seat and got this little bag out and <laughs> Jared, I opened up a tin of sardines and mustard sauce. And they have been in there all night in, in the cold. <laughs> and they were congealed and yellow and chilly. And they were so good. I could not believe I actually enjoyed eating that. But <laughs> so I won't, right. I won't do cabbage, but I could eat cold sardines and mustard. You didn't have any crackers to put them on. No, no. But about 30 minutes later, I was kind of regretting that just for the aftertaste. <laughs> <laughs> so looking at other countries around the world, some, some food traditions that came up. In the country of Spain, you are to pop 12 grapes into your mouth at midnight. Okay. One each second. Said to give you good happiness and fortune. And it's considered a bad omen if you're not able to eat all 12 in time. So you're I really could, popping those grapes in there one a second. I could not pull that off. I, I could not do that. Germany. Germany, they do jelly-filled donuts on New Year's Eve. Now we're talking. And... They have mustard-filled ones to prank their friends and family. Do what now? They also have mustard-filled donuts to prank their friends and family. Can you Dude. imagine being offered a jelly, what you thought was a jelly-filled donut, and you bite into it and it's full of mustard? That's interesting. Woo! And you know, some of those, was this Germany? Germany. Some of those German mustards are hot. Oh man! Oh yeah, that you you'll know exactly where in your skull your sinuses are at. When, yeah. Woo. Okay. In Colombia, on New Year's Eve, they place three potatoes under their beds. One is peeled. One is unpeeled. And one is half peeled. When the clock strikes midnight, they pull one out from under their bed, and whichever one they pulled out predicts their fortune for the new year. Peeled represents financial challenges. Unpeeled represents prosperity. And half-peeled kind of you know falls in between. Maybe you consider it an average year. That is so strange. The these I wonder, these, you kind of you kind of read them and you're like, okay, I can kind of see where they're coming from. That's one that I don't see where they're coming from. It's yeah, a very cultural thing. Yeah, that's odd. In Colombia, they also see off the old year on New Year's Eve by burning effigies, both of people they don't like <laughs> and loved ones who died that year. Oh, man, that's, oh, wow. Okay. 
So, wow. yeah. If that was in the U.S., there would be uh, probably quite a number of people burning present and past political figures. Oh, in yeah. On New oh, yeah. Us and our religion of politics. Yeah. Denmark. In Denmark, the Danish people finish off their New Year's Eve meal with Kranksekage. And I'm probably not pronouncing that correctly. K-R-A-N-S-E-K-A-G-E. Kranksekage. Okay. What's that? That is a tower of marzipan donuts. Whoa! All right. They also believe broken glass is a good omen. So kind of contrary. In a lot of cultures, breaking glass or breaking mirrors is a bad omen. In Denmark, it's considered a good omen. So they will smash China on the doorsteps of their loved ones. So, you know, you also see that at a a Jewish wedding. Isn't that right? Stepping on the glass or whatever. Yeah. 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 What's with the broken glass? That's kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah, can you imagine going up to your to a family member's house, taking a plate and smashing it on their front steps and walking away? No, I could not. <laughs> and you, uh, would think in the it, Philippines, you would think it's the Benfield Sanitation Demon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. In the Philippines, they eat 12 round fruits. Uh, this is on New Year's Eve, and there's some leeway a lot onto of what they can what they can be. Um, it can be everything from smaller things like grapes to melons are popular. Um, so you have to spread this out if you're eating things like melons or other larger round fruit, oranges and very citrus. And you, you, if you're eating melons, you're eating 12 melons. You gotta really spread that out on New Year's Eve. <laughs> Maybe they do like melon balls and just do 12 melon balls. Yeah, it did say yeah, it said 12 round fruits, and but that's oh. yeah, possible. See, I'm just Here's not a, a big, I'm not a big fruit person, so that would not. Uh, I'm kind of the I, yeah, I'm kind of the opposite. Fruit is one of those things where I pretty much like all of it. So I have some issues with texture on some of them, but the flavor is I pretty much like all of it. Okay. Ireland. Now this one, this one is strange. Um, I told this to my wife, um, who's much more familiar with Irish culture than I am. She she plays Irish fiddle and is uh, has spent more time around people much more familiar with this. And her response was, "The Irish are very strange and superstitious." In <laughs> Ireland. They slam bread against the walls of their houses, which they believe will drive off evil spirits and give them prosperity and good luck in the new year. Huh. So they're throwing a loaf of bread against the wall of their house. I'm trying to... Yeah, I can't make heads or tails of that coming or going. That's just weird. Why bread? Why against the wall? Yeah, I, I don't know. There's a lot of questions raised with that one. Yeah, that now that is uh, a loaf of bread 
against the wall of the house. To drive off evil spirits. Yeah, I can't come up with anything on that. Greece. In Greece, they eat a sweet bread called Vasilopita as the clock strikes midnight. And there's a specific order for this. The oldest member of the family must eat their portion first. And two portions are set aside, one for St. Basil and one for the needy. They also hang onions on their doors as a sign of rebirth and growth. Uh, This tradition comes from the squill, which is a sea onion from Crete. Uh, Squill continues to grow after being uprooted, even sprouting new leaves and flowers. So they hang these onions on the doors of their houses And on the first day of the New Year, so New Year's Day, they wake their children for church by gently hitting them with the onions. (laughs) What? Okay. They believe this will grant them, their children, the strength of the onion. Nice. All right. I just can't imagine... Waking for church by being hit with onions. This is good for you. Wake up. Ah. Uh. You need the strength of the onion. <laughs> uh, in Brazil, the number seven is considered lucky. So they eat seven grapes for affluence. And seven pomegranate seeds for prosperity. They also wear white on New Year's in homage of the goddess Amenja, Amenya for good fortune in the new year. Isn't it strange how everybody is uh, kind of doing the same general thing? There's a lot of Eat this for wealth. Eat this for prosperity. Eat this for luck. Eat this for, you know, yeah. It's a lot of the same kind of, I guess, hopes for the new year. See, I wonder if before Columbus um, discovered that the new world had already been discovered, um, I wondered what this looked like in 1491. Yeah. When there was no contact yet. Uh, yeah. Yeah. How did the Aztecs, did they eat something on New Year's for prosperity? And did Columbus eat something on New Year's for prosperity before they met? You know? Sure. But before I mean, the world was so small, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And you can see some overlap, I guess, uh, with Spain eating eating 12 grapes Brazil eats 7 grapes yeah so you see some overlap there I also think you know we talked about Colombia and the potatoes the potato being native to South America I guess them using potatoes makes sense what they do with them I'm not I don't I don't know what to think of that like it's uh, there's something culturally I think we're missing yeah something else in translation but 
Yeah, so that is uh, that's you know, a handful of the New Year's traditions, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day traditions from around the globe. And yeah, there's definitely a kind of a common thread running through about all of them. I love, I love the banging the bread on the house. Love that. I just think that's awesome. Well, you know, you can New Year's Eve, you can be outside throwing a loaf of bread against your house and <laughs> your wife can kids can wonder what in the world you're doing. Maybe one day an Irish individual that's more familiar with this will will take up our podcast and hear this episode. An Irish person, if you're hearing this in the future even, uh Email us, write to us, tell us why you do this, uh, because I like that one. I just think that's really cool. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I, I think across the board, if if you, whether you're in the U.S. or you're somewhere else around the world, if you have a tradition that maybe we didn't bring up here or we brought up and maybe got something wrong, we want to hear from you. You know, email us, uh, podcast at gmail.com. Reach out to us on social media, WM, at WMUH Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Reach out to us. We want to hear from you. We want to know what your traditions are and why. And maybe you can explain some of these to us a little better. Yes, I would love that. I would so love that. So once we, once we get done with New Year's, um, we don't have long, and we got Valentine's Day, right? Yes. Um, yeah, a <laughs> month and a half. So don't forget. Don't let Valentine's Day sneak up on you. <laughs> guys, if you're not single, uh, you've got about, what, let's see, 31, 38. you got about 52 days. Um, and you're going to be at Valentine's Day, so just don't forget about that. Absolutely. All right, folks. Thank you for listening to the What Makes Us Human podcast. It's been a fun first year. Yes, it has. And we've come a long way since Battle of the Bulge. Yeah, hopefully we're we're getting better. <laughs> I think we are, man. I think we're... We're doing good. The Dickens podcast was one I, I I envisioned us doing from the start. I was like, oh my gosh, I would so love to do with Charles Dickens. Um, so I was so stoked to do that. I so love the Marmite episode. Um, yeah, this has been a lot of fun. So thank you so much for a good year, Jared. Absolutely. Thank you. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. All right, folks. Well, I hope you have a happy new year. John, I hope you have a happy new year. Yep. And, back uh, We will uh, see you folks in 2022. Catch you later. See ya.